independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening and welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, we are very happy to have Andrea Hamilton. Folk pop chanteuse Andrea Hamilton was well on her way to a successful music career when she was stricken with a mysterious ailment while returning from a tour in Vietnam. Doctors and specialists couldn't seem to determine just what it was, but they did tell her that she'd never sing again. Not content to give up on her dream, Hamilton put her trust in her conviction that she would continue to do what she felt she was destined to do, which was to share her passion for writing incisive, hopeful, and heartfelt songs, and that she'd be the one singing them. This Helen Back Again story is replete with hope, and Hamilton uses it as inspiration for her latest album, Slow Miracle. Welcome to Independence Day, Andrea. Wow, it's very moving. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> well, we, we aim to please here. Thank you very much for coming over. You're a local musician, correct? Where are you based out of these days? Would you just say Southern California in general? or Yes, Pasadena area, actually. Pasadena area. So you're actually a local folk, folk pop chanteuse. Exactly. Rich traditions of good music. You're Van Halen is from Pasadena. Did you what? know that? I didn't even know that. David Lee Roth went to Altadena High School. Oh, wow. I know. And you guys share so much in common. You know, <laughs> you, you dress just like he does, right? Oh, wow. Um, sure. Yeah. He dresses like me, I mean. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So thank you very much for coming. And I met you actually playing a show. I was playing a live show, which is something I haven't done a lot of recently. And you did awesome. Put together by our thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Our friend, our uh, communal. Mutual. Our, our mutual. I say communal friend. I guess it could be communal. <laughs> Uh, our mutual friend, Mr. James, James Willis. Kevin Willis, yeah. the bass player and uh, cello player from Glen Iris, who I've also had on this show. Oh, wow. I so bet they did great. They did. They, they always do great. Mm-hmm. They're good. So, and you, you totally bowled me over. Like, sometimes you show up at shows and there's other people on the bill and you're sitting through them going, ah, I gotta get, I gotta go. I gotta get on. I gotta get out of here. But you're, you're just, you're, you're so delightful Thank to you. watch on oh, stage. Like your, your voice is so dynamic. Um, in terms of range and volume and your control over it. And I'm, I'm very, I'm eagerly looking forward to hearing you play again tonight cool. well, on our show. So, you know, your voice is such a key element to what you do. And again, like I said, it's the first thing that I really noticed about seeing you play. And you'll play tonight, you'll play guitar and keyboards, the same thing you play when you play live. And, but what, you know, that this voice, like what inspired you to sing? Was you, did you come from a musical family? Was there a particular artist that you love that made you sing? Like what, what was the beginning of this? Wow. Well, I always loved to sing, but my parents really don't sing, uh, never have, and my older brother doesn't sing. So um, my mom kind of just noticed that I was a total ham and <laughs> loved to sing in front of people. One time I was at Walmart and just started singing with you know, uh, one of those wrapping paper rolls as uh-huh. a microphone and all these people, you know, gathered around at Walmart. And I think I was five years old and somehow knew the words to Star Spangled Banner. And my mom was like, oh, my gosh, what is this child? You know, yeah. so she always knew I loved music and bought me a piano and really encouraged it. So yeah. I'm lucky in that way for sure. And you're full time music. Yes. Right. So and so your parents have been they've been supportive of this throughout this whole process because it's not a it's not an easy road to hoe. Well, the college conversation was a little heated because by the time I was 18, I knew I wanted to play music. Uh-huh. I didn't think college was a necessary part of that. And that didn't bowl over too well with them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did end up going to college, but it worked out perfectly. Um, it was actually 
cheaper for me to live out here going to the school I did than yeah. than if I didn't go there. So Where did you go to school? I went to Azusa Pacific okay. University. Did you study music? I did, yeah. I got a commercial music major with a recording emphasis okay. and met some people that I still work with today. Yeah. So. And so where's home if when you say out here? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I grew up in mostly Kansas, uh-huh. um, the Kansas City area, and that's actually where my parents are. Okay. Yeah. Now, is you the rest of your family still back in Kansas? So you're kind of out here on the end of the supply line. Yes, I'm the only one crazy enough to, yeah. to move to Traffic LA and pursue a ridiculous entertainment career. So was the <laughs> was the choice of the specific school based on location that it was close to the business then, or was that just because you liked palm trees? Or oh man, it was just the fact that you know I had to find a way to get somewhere. That had a lot of music, so I was looking, okay, Nashville, New York, L.A. Austin, yeah. Something, yeah. And um, all the other doors closed and locked in my face, and this door just, like, flung wide open. And the money worked out, and the location worked out, and I met amazing people when I moved out. So I'm really blessed because a lot of people have not as positive of experience moving to L.A. at 18, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, going for school, I mean, that was probably... I mean, was that like a compromise with you and your parents? Yes. Like you could go somewhere where the business was as long as you went to college. Well, um, was it was it not like I said? It was the the money, and I don't say this to brag because I don't even feel like I deserved it. But I got a full ride. Okay. Um. So I could go to school or like go try to pay for my own housing and end up working at a restaurant and you know spending the same amount of hours trying to make rent. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. I took the opportunity and ran with it. And actually, the you know a lot of professors there really invested in me and my songwriting, uh-huh. and it ended up being a great thing. So yeah, and that's interesting too because I think that's a really hard choice for a lot of musicians. I've had a lot of bands on here, um, and you know they came to that same point where they you know myself included, like I knew what I wanted to do, and college, although it's fun and it's a good experience and it's, it gives you a backbone and gives you lots of other skills. It's not really part of like the rock and roll or pop or, you know, the popular music. Let's just call it one big catch all. It's not really part of that plan. Yeah. And I experienced that tension. It was frustrating at times because it had like one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. Because I was always trying to play and do gigs everywhere. And, you know, I'd tour in the summer and then I'd have to come back and go to school, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was it was that kind of dichotomy. But the thing I noticed was there were two kinds of people in the music program. There were people like me who were already antsy to, to get out there and do it and making their own path and learning everything they could about everything and, you know, kind of more entrepreneurial attitude. And then there were people who were very kind of uh, school, go by the book yeah. oriented. And those people, I mean, they did probably better in class than me, but I don't, I don't know what they're doing now. I mean, I hope they... Yeah. I hope they were able to find, you know, yeah, their own path after that. So I don't know. Yeah, everyone's on everyone's on their own path, you yeah. know. And I've I've known lots of people on both sides of that coin where, you know, they come from. And I think it was interesting when you found those people in music because music is so non-linear in terms of how you get success, whatever mm-hmm. that even means. You know, I mean, making a living at it, which is what you're doing, I mean, to me is the mark, that's the best mark of success because then you you have something you've worked for, something you've earned. And, you know, you got help from classmates and support from family, but you did the labor in this really crazy, 
universe that's the music business and it just gets more and more complicated every year yes <laughs> yeah so let's let's hear some music you've got a new record that just came out in september I am do. i correct and it is called slow miracle mm-hmm. and we talked we talked i talked a little bit about this in my intro like you had this kind of debilitating physical mm-hmm. condition mm-hmm. which you seem to have bounced back from pretty well you look good you look, you look great sitting here you Thank look like you. a normal person <laughs> i feel great <laughs> that that's that's the best thing mm-hmm. health is mm-hmm. extremely important because that's i remember this there's a story about bb king at one point, very early in his career, um, he was in a, a house fire. You know, he's got his famous Lucille guitar, and the house was on fire, and he, he was going to go back in to get his guitar. And the firemen were like, you know, don't go in there, you know. And he, I, th- I don't know if he, I'm not sure exactly what happened, if he kind of made it part of the way in, and then they had to pull him back out, or something happened. And that's when he figured out, look, there's, there's a lot of guitars, and I can call any of them Lucille, <laughs> but there's only one BB King. Mm-hmm. So you have to mind yourself first. You know, we get very attached to these instruments and very sentimental and very voodoo about these things. But anyway, like and I it's said, it's so symbolic because Lucille could be your career or your goal or your right. whatever, and you're compromising your soul for it. You know, exactly, and that's a, that's a great way to say it because that's it seems like that's what the music business is all about. A lot of the time, is compromising mm. your soul. So let's hear what you did here on this record. This is the track. I think the first track we've got queued up here is a track called "Broken Open" from Slow Miracle. Let's we'll talk about this song when we come back here, guys. So let's roll with this. This is Andre Hamilton with "Broken Open" from Slow Miracle.
Andrea Hamilton on Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. It is Wednesday night. We come to you every Wednesday night here from beautiful Pasadena, California, and it is beautiful. Uh, we've got the sunset was absolutely gorgeous tonight. I know, don't know about you, but I love daylight savings time. <laughs> I think it's like the greatest thing ever. Well, especially in Pasadena. Especially in Pasadena. The trees and the vibe. Yeah, the trees and, you know, we've got the, the mountains just north of us. And, I mean, it, it sounds so hokey, but I swear, this time of year, especially when it's the light, is like the evenings take longer to go and it's it's like purple mountain majesty because the mountains are purple. <laughs> it's totally hokey, but it's true. Sounds like you need to write a song. Yeah, I think someone did. Someone wrote some songs about Purple Mountain Majesty. They <laughs> got the market cornered on that. In <laughs> any case, the person I'm making such witty banter, such poor witty banter on my part, this is Andrea Hamilton. She's a singer-songwriter based here in Southern California, more or less in the Pasadena area. And that was a song from her most recent record, which came out last September, called Slow Miracle. This is a self-produced record with you and Kevin Penner, who's also a producer working with... Oh, Most famously, oh, he worked with PK. Yeah, yeah, they're a Rolling Stones band, up and coming band. They're okay. like touring the world right now. Touring the world—that's a good place. Um, so, speaking of touring the world, yes, you were in Vietnam mm -hmm. playing some music, which yeah. is cool in so many ways. Yeah, I love I love traveling and I love going to Asia. It was my fourth time in Asia. Okay. Yeah. And do you? I mean, as an independent artist who's making your own records, like how do you? go about booking a tour in Southeast Asia? I had, um, for this particular tour we're referring to, a booking agent that okay. had actually been there and played herself. So it was okay. pretty perfect. Um, but it was a solo tour. <laughs> so it was, it was definitely like a little, took a little bravery to like step on the plane yeah. and like go to somewhere you've never been, you don't know the language. So. I'm impressed. A lot of people would never think, I think it just maybe comes with the music gene. You know, I think all musicians have this wandering bone, yep. this like this, this, this desire to go and explore everything and share experiences and music. Yeah. And every time I go somewhere new, the the thing I always come back with is how amazing the people are that I meet, you know? Yeah. Like it can be somewhere really beautiful or really um, famous or whatever it is. And I could play somewhere really big or whatnot. But the people, it's always, you know, wow. Such amazing people that yeah. always gets my number one vote. Yeah, and I think it really, I think it really changes you as a person when you travel, because you figure out that there's more than one way to do anything. To do life, I, I agree. You know, and it just, uh, I, 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 traveling is absolutely essential. We'll leave it at that. And, and musicians, you know, that's whether you, and you better like it because that's kind of part of your life part now job, anymore. Yeah. It's part of the job is being gone. You know, you're not making any money playing to your cat in your living room. You know, you have to be out on stages. You have to be in the van. You have to be on the plane. You have to be sitting wherever it is that you are. And, you know, you're, maybe as a musician, you're just kind of a child of the world. So in any case, so you're, you're in Vietnam. How, how many years ago was this? Oh, man. It was 2009. Okay, so yeah. not too terribly long ago. Mm -hmm. And on your way back, you... Well, I came back early. You came back early. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's how I it went. I was, um, like really sick <laughs> so. so yeah so you fell ill and tell mm -hmm. me tell me about this experience i mean this was kind of an all-encompassing yeah it was it was pretty much just one symptom after another kind of happens when your immune system falls apart it just kind of affects every system in the body so it was the first time i've really had that that crazy of an experience just losing control like i didn't have any control over what was happening to my body you know and part of it was obviously my voice wasn't working <laughs> uh-huh um yeah, I, basically my throat like wasn't working right. I couldn't really swallow right and things like that. So 
It was a really good chance to, I mean, just looking on the positive side because there is so much, you know, when you go through something hard, there's so much good that comes out of it. And one thing was really getting to step back from the artist thing and find my identity apart from what I do and uh-huh. say, okay, I'm more than whether I succeed or fail at the pop music thing. And I'm more than just the music I create. You know, I'm a I'm a person that is invaluable and special and priceless, and I don't have to sing to prove that to anyone. I just am. So that was a good thing to kind of sit in. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, I think it's a really important thing for musicians to keep that in mind because, like, I've I've always felt like if you are a, like a lawyer, if lawyers like lawyering is your passion, law is your passion, you become a lawyer. You study and then you become a lawyer and then you become certified through the bar to practice law. And then someday maybe you don't take the bar anymore and now you are no longer a lawyer. You were a lawyer. I feel strongly that when you're a musician, you are born as yeah, such. You're an artist whether you like as, it or yeah, not. Yeah, whether you like it or not. And it's, you know, you're, it's, it's going to come out, whether it's through paints or banging on a pot and pan, which then turns into drums, which turns into John Bonham or whatever. You know, the, you, you are a musician from the day you were born to the day you die. Yeah. And keeping that in perspective is sometimes hard to do because it's all wound up together. Yeah, and just uh, growing in that ability to persevere. Like I, I didn't know if I'd ever sing again, but I would still get song ideas. Yeah. So I would play them out on my mini controller and type out the words underneath, you know, yeah. find different ways to do it. Don't let something stop you, you know, yeah, just yeah. find a way around it kind of thing. So are you, uh, you know, I want to, well, I want to talk more about this illness, but this is kind of a little side asterisk question, sure. but are you, are you musically literate? Like, do you chart things? I chart things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually have taught piano off and on for 11 years, so I had to learn to read to teach. Yeah. So... That's how I learned to read, and then it just found it helpful in different situations, cover yeah. bands and whatnot, to chart for the band. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could get work as an arranger. Oh, yeah. That would be super fun. Oh, my gosh. My nerdy side would go crazy. <laughs> yeah, your music, your music geek math yes. side. Yes. <laughs> so so, you, so you've got this illness. You come back, and you, I mean, are you bedridden? Are yeah. You... Well, no. I could walk m- most days, um, but I did have to live with my parents, and they had to help me do just about everything. So you and how long were you? You were away from California then. Yes, about a year. Okay. Yeah. And and when I moved back, I was very sick still. Okay. But I think if I wouldn't have moved back when I did, the whole thing would have lasted even longer. It's yeah. like you take a step in the direction even before you think you can. You know, so yeah. I'm like I'm going back to LA. I don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People, it's so interesting to hear people's like stories of courage, and you've got it in spades. You know, uh, just starting out in music at all. Coming to California by yourself, um, you know, a lot of people go away to school, but then like going to a place where, you know, L.A.'s tough. It's a music town. And like, it's not like, you know, it's easy to be a big fish in a little pond to go to a small place and kind of become the best guitar player in, I don't know, Ottumwa or wherever, you know. But doing it in L.A., I mean, that's 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 amazing. And, and you really it sounds it sounds like you incorporated the struggle in your album oh yeah because you had said you had started working on it before you fell ill is that correct yeah, i started we started recording a couple tracks um actually good day and your touch uh we're finished and then i went on tour and i just thought i'd hop right back and finish when i got back but it took an extra year in between there so when i finally did start tracking vocals again it was still tough but it was so meaningful yeah. because it was like this big victory <laughs> you know yeah. yes i'm recording again so. yeah so how I mean, how long was your voice out of commission, you oh, think? Oh, man. 
it was kind of up and down, but I would say like seven or eight months of really, wow. I couldn't, I wouldn't be, have been able to sing on anything meaningful. And then what, I mean, was there a moment where you kind of thought, okay, yeah, I, I might I knew lose in my heart. this or I might. Like, or, no, I uh, I knew in my heart when I should start singing again. Okay, but yeah, there were many, plenty of moments during those seven or eight months where I just had to surrender it and say, "Well, it's been fun, and if I get to do it again, it'll be fun. But if not, I'm grateful for the time I had." You know? Yeah. If you love something, set it free, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then was there then also a moment where you kind of said, "Hey, I'm back, baby." Like, did you know? Yeah, when it you was felt? after a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need to sing. I don't care. So I tried to kind of sing and strum my guitar. And it was right after I'd moved back to L.A. And it sounded horrible, but I didn't care because, you know, you needed that catharsis or whatever. Yeah. And the next day I did it again and sounded a little more normal. So I just kept trying to sing a little bit and figure maybe it's like getting back in shape or something. Just yeah. tell your body you got to do it. Do you Do you sing every day? Oh, yeah. I would be hard to go through a whole day without... Like, man, do you actually like practice scales and things no. like that? You don't, so you don't like physically like, actually work on stuff. You just kind of sing. Oh, I just, yeah, I just randomly sing like when I'm chopping up vegetables. <laughs> but as far as really training my voice, doing warm ups, I'd say once or twice a week, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And do you, um, what was I going to say? When you sing around the house, what's your favorite thing to sing? Oh, my gosh. I really like R&B and gospel. Yeah. Which is totally not what I, the music I make at all. <laughs> but yeah. India Ari is my favorite singer, mm -hmm. so I, I try to emulate her. It doesn't work, but... Yeah, set the bar high, man. You've got a great voice. I, you know, there, you are worthy of being emulated. You've got such wow. control. I'm, 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 I was very impressed. I still am impressed. Thank you. So how would you, how'd you like to play something for us? Sure, I'd be honored. So tell us about what this is going to be. This is... Hmm, what should I do first? I think since you love the sound of Whirly so much, I do. I'll do this We're talking for people who don't understand what that is. Uh, Whirly is the Wurlitzer uh, electric piano, which was first. I think, I think it's maybe from the '50s. I think the Whirly first first around, probably. It's a two hundred. Nora Jones has used it recently on a lot of things, but Ray Charles is known for this. Uh, ben Montench from uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, a big a two hundred player, two hundred a player. Uh, it's a great instrument, and you've got something very close to that here with us today. Yeah, so um, I brought the Nord Electro, which has one of the like award-winning Whirly sounds. So I'm going to play a song that sounds good on Whirly. This one's called Blink. Cool, thank you. Let's hear it. Sticky hotel room Already feeling bad enough Enough Thought that you were through But change is hard to do Even when you've had enough Enough And there's someone Back at home Blink, blink, blink But you're having trouble sleeping Cheap, cheap, cheap All the promises you're keeping Think, think there's a rhyme to your reason, but you don't know where you've been running from. You're sharing half the bed, but alone inside your head. She's sexy, isn't that enough? And I've been hiding under sheets and long Bacardi drinks, but can't evade it fast enough. You were in love not so long ago. Blink, 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 but 
but you're having trouble sleeping Cheap, 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 all the promises you're keeping Think, 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 there's a rhyme to your reason But you don't know what you've been running from Oh, sometimes we don't know just why we do the things we do But try to think it through You're having trouble sleeping Cheap, cheap, cheap The promises you're keeping Think, think, think There's a rhyme to your reason But you don't know You don't know Boy, I wish I had a wish I had an audience. <laughs> it's always that weird moment, you know, when you're doing doing these types of radio shows. You know, it's like you and a musician. There's like fluorescent lights, and it's like it's hard to be inspired, but at the same time, it's kind of cool because you're you kind of exist in this vacuum. I mean, there's people out there listening, but you don't see them. That's the fun. It's the kind of the interesting challenge of radio, I think. It's awesome, and I, I I love it. I mean, it's they're out there somewhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so good work. That's that's fantastic. Thank you. And what. Uh, when you go for inspiration, I mean, that seems like a relationship type mm. song, you know, yeah. what do you, I feel like every artist has their, their favorite topics, you know, like Springsteen writes about cars and the downtrodden middle class, yes, you know, he's or amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> and he, he writes, I'm kidding. He writes about other things too, but everyone kind of has their, like their things they write about. Like if you were to pick two out of the air or three out of the air, what do you think are your favorite subjects? Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, that song was definitely about just this person feeling guilty or finally realizing what the heck am I doing with my life kind of relationally um, but my two words for my music and this is like my main goal for my music is hope and healing mm -hmm. so and that was even before I experienced it, this situation where I needed hope and healing yeah. I've always been just really drawn to writing about those two things yeah it's interesting. You're you're almost like my opposite. Like not not that I'm against like <laughs> lack of hope and not healing or illness, but like I love I love depressing music. It's so weird because I'm I don't feel like I'm a sad guy. You're not. But I love like I'm not talking about Morrissey or the Cure, but like I like I don't know. It's like this this guttural feeling of human emotion. I mean, Ooh, I, there's I, a certain beauty about it. The honesty. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. The kind of almost vulnerability of singing about, you know sad things or dark yeah. things. Or or the and this has come up numerous times on the show where it's it's the juxtaposition of happy sounding music with sad lyrics or vice versa. Oh yeah, that's great. You know? The irony when it's pulled off well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try. I try. <laughs> um so 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 it's hope would you say it was hope and healing. And healing, yeah. And then that turned out to be kind of like a metaphor for your career for the past few years. Yeah. I think it almost happens to everyone when when you set a goal like that that's meaningful and that would help people it gets challenged, you know, yeah. first you got to go through the refiner's fire and kind of yeah. get strong in it and learn what it really means. I mean, I know, I know that I have a depth of understanding about hope and healing that I didn't have before. And yeah. when I write, it can be that much more, you know, it can resonate with people and hopefully help people that much more. You yeah. Know? Do you, when you're writing, do you work at writing? Do you like sit down like with like discipline, I guess would be the best word to use where you sit down for an hour a day, like Ray Bradbury, classic example, great author, one of my favorites. 
as far as I know, I mean, he's wheelchair ridden now and he kind of dictates, but every year of his life, he would wake up and sit down and his first thing he would do, he would sit down at his typewriter, like for an hour, he would just write whatever came out. If that meant typing the letter P for an hour, he would type the letter P for an hour. If that meant writing half of Fahrenheit 451, he would do that. But I mean, do you have any any like methodology to this? Yeah, do you... I do think I'm a, a little bit more self-disciplined in my natural personality than than some artsy types, you know, are. And I actually recently um, decided that there's I just kind of rewrote my schedule, my weekly schedule, and there's twice a week I'm I'm going to write, like no matter what, if it's typing P on the keyboard, great, like same deal. Mm-hmm. So I do do that, um, and I actually was inspired by there's an artist Jess Penner. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's had her song placed, a lot of songs placed in a lot of advertising campaigns that you've probably heard, like Target and Edison Lights and Days In. Um, but she's my inspiration as far as like discipline, writing as mm-hmm. a discipline. Like it's fun for, for her and for me, but she makes a lot of room for the inspiration to come and yeah. doesn't let other things eat that time away. And yeah, You have to guard it mm-hmm. because this, this, this modern universe we live in in America at least in the first world problems but you know it's like everywhere you look there's a blinking light or a beeping thing or a screen advertising to you or you know yeah, most people so don't realize many distractions. Yeah, it's you, a lot easier to be told what to think than to dream up something original yeah but songwriting is that you know I think our biggest enemy is you know maybe a little bit the outside distractions but our biggest enemy I think is the inside distractions the fears yeah. and the hesitations and the second guessing you, Do you know? know who Jonathan Brooke is oh yeah singer songwriter so she, good. she calls it the, the 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 I suck demon yeah is what she calls it it's you annoying know? And, and to think of someone you know as accomplished as yourself or Jonathan Brooke to like to have that but it's it's out there you know Brad Delp from Boston their debut album sold 17 million copies in the 70s and they went on you know they toured the world numerous times he, he killed himself just a few years ago i mean yeah, think you gotta about learn all to that not success. listen to that voice you know yeah. it's always probably gonna be there to some volume level but the more yeah. you ignore it the more you can move into your destiny and kind of just yeah like throw it aside <laughs> i think the discipline helps mm-hmm. you know because the more you're doing it the more that doesn't have a chance to kind of bubble up you know just keep at it and then it's just kept at bay you know and the, for me it's why am i doing it is it about me and getting some sort of recognition or proving to someone I can do this? Because those are such small goals. But if I'm making music to help people and to, to reach out and to add beauty to the world and, you know, things beyond myself, then it kind of takes the pressure off my shoulders. Yeah. Like, I'm just doing what I was made to do. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great segue for another tune, I think. Oh. You're doing what you were supposed to do. So you're, are you going to switch the guitar here, I see? Okay, so that's the cool thing about multifaceted musicians is that they are multifaceted and they can do different things. So you you said you started out on keyboards, is that correct? I did. And so what made you decide, you know, you're accomplished on the keyboard, you teach lessons, you know, you went to school. What made you pick up the guitar? I actually, um, I started traveling a little more and I wanted to be able to write on the road and it's just annoying to bust out your keyboard, you know, on the yeah. road. So I would always pick up, you know, my guitar players. Yeah, I think, you know, keyboard was like, it is like the universal instrument. It's everywhere. It's the same everywhere. You can't really retune it. You know, it's a kind of a piece of furniture. They're around forever, but guitar is the ultimate portable instrument. You never see people playing piano around a campfire. Right. You know. (laughs) Anyway, so what are you going to play for next for us, Andrea? This one's another one off my record. The new record? And it's just about being elated and happy seeing the person you love. It's called Good Day. Wonderful. (laughs) 
Andrea Hamilton, very very nice. Again, you you totally got it. Like the the hopeful, healing, poppy, snappy, positive, but yet not cheesy. It's like the perfect balance. Wow, thank you. That's a huge compliment. No, oh, my pleasure. I dole it out <laughs> when it's when it's when it's warranted, man. It's good. No, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I that's the one thing. Again, I've got this penchant for it's like sad music. So like when I write, I feel like the music I write is really happy, but the lyrics, like it's, that's how I kind of exercise my demons. That's how I get rid of like my bad joints. It's like, like spread it out on everybody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, like not, not, not that in a mean way, like, but I feel like everybody can take it more than I can take it on my own, you know? Oh, yeah. And then we can share in that common experience, you know, but that's the happy songs are out there. And I've, I made, uh, it, it was kind of a decision for my, my second record. I was, I was like, okay, I've already made the breakup record. Okay, now I'm going to make something else. <laughs> I did that. Else, you know? <laughs> My first record. But it's so funny, though. Like, so many breakup records are such great records. Well, yeah. Bon Iver. Have you Beck, heard? Uh, yeah. Beck Sea Change. Oh, man. It's by far. Like, his, I mean, yeah, he's great. so amazing. But that's such a great record. And that's but his, I have that's to watch how many record. times I listen to it because it yeah. definitely affects you, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, the, the biggest the biggest music drug for me, I think, is Nick Drake. Oh, wow. Who is just, like, hauntingly, hauntingly beautiful. And... It's it's no like I don't think I don't know if he could possibly have been that sad all the time but but I don't I I couldn't handle a life of that 
you know? Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just his the way his art comes out. Yeah. Well, we miss Nick Drake. So uh, let's see. Where do I So let's talk about this. Like you, you come out here from Kansas. By the way, you know who, who's your favorite uh, Kansas musician other than yourself? I only know one, really. Oh gosh. Other than the band Kansas. Actually, you may not have heard of him, but he's a, a jazz guitar player named Lester Estelle. He okay. still lives in Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's uh, Freddie Johnston. Is oh, from Kansas. He's a cool. singer-songwriter who I think he's based out of New York. And there's this whole story about him literally selling his family farm to take the money to go to New York to, like, make it. And he did wow. you know, enough, you know. So that's the only Kansas thing I know other than you. That's amazing. So, And he was legit Kansas, like living on a farm. Yeah, he actually sold the family farm and wrote about it, too. So at least he got good mileage out of what oh, he yeah. did. He didn't just sell it and then blow it on hookers and <laughs> yeah. blow and cheap booze and things like that. Uh, so you, you come out here to go to college and your full-time music, were you full-time music? Like, did you, how did you make the transition from college to being a full-time musician? Was Just it... kind of stubbornly. I decided, well, first of all, I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so it makes the decision easier to just jump in, you know, when you don't have a fallback plan. Yeah. Um, but when I graduated college, I purposely, you know, I moved somewhere very affordable and I said, I'm going to not buy superfluous things and I'm going to buy cheap groceries and I'm going to just yeah. write songs and do this. I'm not working at, you know, such and such other place. So I just kind of put my foot down because, you know, a lot of my friends were graduating and, oh, I'll work here for six months until I can, whatever. And I just, I pretty much almost went broke, but uh, I got on a tour through a college booking agency right mm. in the nick of time. and. Okay. And that's what paid the bills the first year. And how, how long were you out on that first tour? You know, I think it was about three months total. Okay. There were two legs of it, so. Okay. Yeah. And that was enough to kind of pay the play of the year? Yeah. You know, um, NACA, it's a college booking mm-hmm. agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they helped me a lot. So. And that's a lucrative market for mm-hmm. people, uh, musicians out there looking to do uh, music because, I mean, maybe it's different after the economic collapse. I think everyone's belts are a lot tighter than they once were. But, you know, pretty much every college has a budget for entertaining the students. It keeps them out of trouble. Yes. So, and they're fun shows because yeah. you meet all these kids and, you know. Well, I was just out of college, so I had, yeah. a, I had a blast. So. Yeah. yeah. Not so far away from what they were doing. And <laughs> they, gosh, I mean, how far did you go? Where is it? I all went over the, up all over to the, the northern part of Washington and back. Okay. Yeah. So I did NACA West. Yeah. And again, a very, very lucrative uh, people. I know a lot of musicians who do those types of gigs. They'll work three year, three months and not have to work for the rest of the year. Exactly. You know, and that's a good gig. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's cool because it was meaningful for me to be able to sing for these kids at an age and a time in their life when they're kind of searching for what is it? Who am I? What do I want to be? All these questions and they need art so bad, you know. Yeah. So there was a lot of just meaningful connections and, and stuff with the fans and conversations yeah. that I was like, wow, I'm giving someone advice. And, <laughs> they, you know, this is connecting with people is really what, you know, music is just my excuse. <laughs> and so how much are you out on the road now? Oh, man. Well, I'm in kind of a writing season. So I'm, I haven't been traveling. I've been really pushing the licensing and placement. Also lucrative world. if you can get the work. Yes. So doing the TV and film thing and, yeah, just kind of building up my catalog. 
I guess yeah. I switched focus a little bit. Yeah. So when you say catalog, that's interesting. How many songs do you think you have in your catalog? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know. If you count, like, random co-writes for different projects, probably 100-something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it's fantastic, though. So now you're full-time. How, have you been full-time music since college then? Yes. I mean, that, I took that year off when I couldn't work. But, of course. But, yeah. Of course. And, you know, I, we're not looking for numbers here, but, like, what percentage of your revenue stream comes from, say, licensing versus performing versus merch versus, you know, because these are real world questions for musicians now because some people make nothing on the show and make everything on the merch. Some people yeah, make I all actually their money. make more on live performance. Really? Yeah, people bring licensing. me in for more corporate type gigs because I'm a solo act and because it, it works well to put my music with a fundraiser or a charity organization or a benefit concert or a church event. Um, so those are those are more a bigger piece of the pie than even online and digital sales or merchandise or placements or so whatnot. how does how does one get a corporate gig <laughs> i I think at first I did a lot of the legwork like I contacted random organizations that I felt like I would you know could believe in and things like that and then I started getting emails from. I remember uh, one of the first ones that I didn't pursue was the there's an AIDS center in Pasadena. Okay. And they had a, they have a yearly event um, and they bring in artists for the people that are part of the program there and uh, that was really meaningful to me to just try and go and sing over people who are going through a hard time and encourage them. And yeah. Yeah, I love doing that, so. You're like a ball of light. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's cool. It feels nice to have a ball of light in my world. No, it's a big compliment. Thank you. Oh, it's fantastic. Because, you know, again, I, I keep coming back to this, like, because the music I, I'm, that my world is filled up with is, like, I'm a big Tom Waits fan, and he sings about the seedy underbelly of, of everything, you know? So you, you somehow manage to straddle that line between, like, being uh, kind of juxtaposed to that without being hokey because that can get hokey very quickly you know because earnestness a little bit of earnestness goes a long way in music um but it takes i've got another friend his name is joe jenks i had him on the show as well he's like a full-time folk singer and one of my best friends in the world full-time hasn't had a day job in 10 years a very similar lifestyle to what you do road dog he's constantly out on the road wow um but he's like the most earnest person i know in the world so now the two of you like you're you're holding you know you're kind of pushing pushing the Joe Jenks level, level of earnestness. Wow, that's cool. So maybe I'll Yeah, get... I admire him hearing that, hearing yeah. what he just said. He's always on the road, and he's been yeah. doing it for 10 years. And Yeah. I mean, it's an awesome job, but it's also hard, you know? Do you go to Folk Alliance? No, I never have been. Oh, he goes every year. Oh, that's wow. one of his big things. It's so fun to like hear how everyone, everyone's got their own path. That's another thing that's different about music as compared to other other pursuits in life. You know, again, if you want to be a lawyer, you go to college, you get a degree. It's pre-law of some kind. Then you apply to law school. You go to law school. You die in law school for three years. <laughs> and then you take you past the bar, hopefully, and then you're off and running. I mean, I'm making it sound easy. It's because it's not, but there's a path. It may not, you know, one of the challenges of that path is not to find the path. As a musician, you're out in the, I feel like you're out in the weeds. You know, it's like, okay, well, now what do I do? I've got, yeah. I've got some songs. I've got some talent. I've got a lot of drive. You make your own but, path. Exactly. And I feel like it's not only a career path, but a path of discovery of, of who you are. Because yeah. your artistic career is so much closer to your identity, you know, like your your soul. <laughs> yeah. So, you you know, it's like a public display people get to watch you discover your destiny and discover who you are more and more yeah how about some music 
Oh yeah, I, I'm really bad at tuning without a tuner, but I'm gonna try to make this E work. Eh, pretty close. So you were saying you like sad songs and breakup albums and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I think I want to play, you know, sort of sad. It's not really sad. It's a breakup song, but not sad. There's like a lot of hope in it. <laughs> yeah. So this is um, as close as I get to sad. How about that? Sure. That's a song title right there.
Again, this is where the people are, are should clap, right? <laughs> and I could get some kind of hokey like clap track, but that I think that would be kind of lame. We don't want to do that. We want, <laughs> to, be, we want to, we don't have to be real, man. The real deal. So again, you, you start on a piano and then you switch to guitar. And now when you write now, do you it's kind of like learning a different language, like asking people if they think in another language. Do you now also write on guitar as well as piano? Or do you tend to write on piano and then switch? You know, I write more on guitar because I'm worse at it. I know that makes uh-huh. no sense, but it, it kind of gets my, you know, overactive brain out of the way and just lets my heart write. You know, yeah. like, well, I only know these five chords, so I guess I'll use them. <laughs> yeah, and you get more happy accidents that way, too. Yes. You know, I, I came up on guitar, but I love writing on other instruments because it inspires you. I mean, even even instrument to instrument. Like, I always, like, when I go to write, like, hey, buddy, I have a bunch of friends who play, like, hey, can I borrow your guitar for a week? You can take mine. Take my Martin. I'll borrow your much, whatever it is. And then, it, like, just having a different instrument inspires me to write differently. Like, every little thing, I think. Yeah, you can I change. Agree. Do you have a room that you work in that's like just like distraction free? No, <laughs> I live in a house full of loud music people. <laughs> okay, but um, I kind of have an ability to focus wherever I am. If I get an idea for a song, I've written songs in the car on my handheld recorder before, and not gotten in a wreck, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are you doing? How How is technology facilitating your writing? Do you have, like, a, do you record ideas into your phone, or do you I have, actually like a micro? have to, when I, I get a lot of ideas, I dream them, so I wake up at random times in the night and record it in a handheld uh, recorder. Like and a then digital I just, recorder? Yes. And I just put everything in Logic. So all my songs start out as a random Logic session, which is a recording program, kind of like Pro Tools or something. And, um, I just write it with fake instruments in there and then show the band kind of what I'm thinking. And then if we're recording it with other musicians, they get a yeah. a taste for what I was thinking and run with it from there. What do you think the biggest challenge? Because you seem you're like almost entirely independent, right? Are you are you booking your own shows still? Or do you have an agent yes, to work with? Yes, I'm booking my own shows. I have a non-exclusive agent that books me in Orange County mostly, but everything else pretty much I, I do it. What do you think the biggest challenge is? You know, there are, it, there, technology brings you a lot of opportunities, but it also brings challenges too. Like, what, what's your, what's the biggest challenge about being an independent musician in 2012? Oh man, well, for me, um, I feel like I'm not as strong as some other artists as far as the social media marketing, online, you know, PR kind of publicity thing. Like, I can write music all day and never get sick of it. But if you ask me to market and promote i'll only be able to have an attention span for like an hour max you know like yeah. it's just not my favorite part of it's it it's a full-time job almost unto itself like every every day you turn around it seems like there's some new website that you oh, feel like yeah. you should have a page on exactly you know and i guess that's you know itunes might be kind of a, a questionable model in terms of the percentage they take but it's like it's nice to also have a one-stop shop yes. and cd baby's great too and we brought them up before they have a shop where you can have... Do you sell music through CD Baby? Yes, you, I do. Okay. I actually have a really positive experience with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, they take their cut, but it's a really big pl- uh, place for independent musicians they to go and sell their music. They help a lot of artists, yeah. And they also have sideways deals with iTunes and all the other places. Like every now and again, I'll just get a check. 
like, oh, what is this? You know, I mean, it's not like a million dollars or even close. But it feels nice. But it's nice. <laughs> like, oh, I got a check from my from music. My music. Yes. Places I didn't even know it was. <laughs> uh, so we've got about enough time for you to do another tune. And I, and would you like to do something else before we before we run out of, out of time here? Yeah. Um, this one's called It'll Be All Right. And I dedicate it to anyone listening who needs a song to cheer you up tonight. been awake feels like several days minute hand is turning I'm just standing still I couldn't help the hand that I was dealt when life came and carried you away sometimes I don't know where I'm at but I keep going right now I can't see very far all I know is It'll be alright In the morning Then I open my eyes See the light It'll be alright When the sun is shining Hold tight The world will turn around again tonight To waste my time Wishing things were different Or hiding from the pain Why not embrace The inevitable ways Life shows us we're only Here for today Cause sometimes I don't know the point But the point's not knowing It's having faith The faith can get me where I'm going Hamilton on Independence Day. Very, very nice. Our boys in the uh, boys in the control room love it. Oh, wow. 
thank you guys. Two thumbs up, four thumbs up from those guys. Very, very nice. So uh, we don't have very much time left. So I just have like pretty much like one more question, and then we sure. got to move on, get let people get on with their lives. Um, but they can find out everything they need to know about you. There's some websites, and you've got some shows coming up as well. Uh, hopefulpop.com is your main web presence. That's H-O-P-E-F-U-L-P-O-P.com, hopefulpop.com. Also, Andrea Hamilton Online is another place, facebook.com slash Andrea Hamilton Music, traditional spelling of your name. And you are Twitter. Uh, at is it just Andrea Hamilton? Slash Andrea Hamilton. Slash Andrea Hamilton on the Twitter on the Twitter. How often do you tweet? Oh gosh, I should do it every day, but I'm slacking. Maybe every other day. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool thing, but I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I I'm, maybe I'm tipping my hand. Like I, I don't. I get Twitter. I get it now, but I'm I'm not as into it as a lot of people. I'm, I'm a busy man. I don't have time to tell everybody what I'm doing. Just if you want to see what I'm doing, just hang around. I'm here <laughs> all the time. Don't do it with me. Exactly. And you've got some upcoming shows. You've got the Monrovia Coffee Company on April the 6th with Faith Hefty and Eric Schaus. Yeah, I'm really excited. Is Eric Schaus is awesome. Schaus, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his story? Oh, gosh. He just writes amazing songs. He's more folky than me. Yeah, maybe we can get him on the show. Oh, my gosh. You should, totally should have him on the show. Send him by. Yeah. Send him by. So the submission fee is cheap. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then also you're playing on April the 20th at Undergrounds in Redlands. And you've also got a new, like you've almost got like a new record out, right? Tell me a little bit about this. Yes, the Salvation this is uh, di- for a kind of different market. It's a worship record, but I actually play a lot of worship music at different churches and I love it. Yeah. So we wrote some originals uh-huh. and the title track is Salvation Come. That's also a very lucrative lucrative gig playing the, the churches. I have, yeah. I have friends who make Yeah, bank they're nice to you. Doing that. Well, yeah. It's not all about <laughs> the money, but you have to earn a living. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the last question I have for you before I let you get on out of here is, um, you're, you've, you know, you're, you're fairly young, but you've had a lot of success. You're doing very, very well. I'm, I'm happy to see people who are nice doing well in the music business because it seems like the it's full of people who aren't nice. What would you tell somebody who's young and they wanted to pursue a career in music? Like, what would the advice be that you would give them from your perspective? Oh, man. Write good songs. <laughs> but, you know, if you get a good song idea, don't stop with it. Just run with it. Edit it 17 times if you have to. Make it a great song. Because that's where everything will start. That's the seed that the whole flower blooms from. And then this, the final thing I would advise them is just remember to always be yourself. Because if you try to be Katy Perry when you're not, you know, people are going to see through, see yeah. through that. So. The world already has a Katy Perry. Exactly. Be yourself. Be yourself. I mean, it, it seems what, what you've done in spades, and it's, it's working out well for you, it seems. Well, thank you so much, Joe. It's, it's so been fun. absolutely my pleasure, Andrea. Please come back and see us. Let us know when uh, when you're playing, and let us know when uh, if you've got new records coming out. Of course. I okay. Will. Thanks again to Andrea Hamilton, also to the Independence Day, the Independence Day staff, rather. That's Dale Tankley and Wayne Topinski. Also to Valentino Rivera, Matt Brown, and Andy Louie from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Be good to one another.